This is the Adrian Young Podcast, where author of the book Millennial Man and host Adrian Young pulls back the curtain on standards for real men in the 21st century. Welcome back to the Adrian Young Podcast. This is your friend and brother, Adrian Young, and I'm truly excited once more to be able to talk to you, my brother, about the different areas of growth and development that we need to get under control for us to grow as true, strong, real men in the 21st century. If you are listening to this for the first time, welcome to the Adrian Young Podcast. This is where we talk about the different areas of development development for men of the 21st century, specifically millennial men. And you may ask, what is or who is a millennial man? Well, a millennial man can be someone who is 16 or 60. The the times in which we live in creates millennial men. Because if you agree with me or if this is something that you have seen, maybe you have not seen it, but I recognize that technology, tech, social media, and modern life has transformed us and how we do life in such a unprecedented way like no other generation before us. I can say this because the millennial generation is in fact on record the largest generational group that exists. And so we have strength in numbers and the impact to which we are dealing is really huge when it comes on to how we are impacting our parents and our grandparents. There's never been an era in which younger generations are so significantly impacting older generations. And furthermore, the impact to which younger generations are, particularly the millennial generation, will have on the future is so far-reaching because the internet generation, which are millennials, gave birth to every living tech phenomenon that we're seeing happening across the world and in our life. And so if you are not paying attention, this generation called the millennial generation has the key to what will bring what we will know as our new reality. And so as a man in the 21st century, I recognize that the rules are changing. The rules of how the world operates are changing. How we are treated, how we are seen, how we are relevant in our day-to-day walk is changing. The need for men, the roles for men are changing. But what cannot change is that men are a part of God's plan. And so we always want to go according to what the ultimate plan of God is for us and not necessarily depend or rely on our society to tell us what men are or who men are. And so this podcast is really geared at making sure that we as men remain relevant, but that we are upgraded like the iPhone upgrades. We got to upgrade in thought. We got to upgrade in actions. We got to update in how we see ourselves and how we see our female counterparts, our family structures, and our legacy. And so the Adrian Young Podcast is here to stay. I believe that as far as the, the future is, there will be a topic of concern. There will be new shifts and things that will continue to happen. And it will only be 
a point of discussion that we will always square against what the word of God says and how we intend to move forward. You know, last time we came uh, previously on the previous episode, we talked about five things that every man must do. And as we're starting somewhat of a mini series, we're going to dig deep on one of those areas, which was what is faith or building my faith. And today we're digging deep into that. You know, some of us will never be able to move into the next phase of our life because we are so fearful. And if we don't already know, the presence of fear is usually the absence of faith. So let me say that again. The presence of fear is usually the absence of faith. And so as a man, when we continue to explore life and when we wake up every day and when we move into our activities as planned, we must recognize that faith plays a great deal in me becoming a fulfilled man in society. And so we talked about auditing our faith in the last uh, the last episode. And today we're focusing on auditing my faith or auditing my faith life before pursuing my God-given purpose. It takes faith which is a secret weapon to upgrade us and to allow us to grow. And we're going to be talking about faith from a perspective, not only from a religious perspective, because I know sometimes we use the word faith, we throw the word faith around to kind of, you know, cover ourselves that, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian or, or uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Baptist or I'm this or this is my belief. I believe this or I believe that. But let us dig deeper. Let us go into the, the, the real deep, deep, deep meaning of what faith does, not necessarily what faith is. And specifically when it comes on to being a man. And let me know, please email us, comment, Rate the show to let us know what you think about what we're talking about. We can be um, listened to on uh, the the podcast uh, platforms such as Stitcher, um, Spotify, and Apple iTunes, among others. So please feel free to go in there, go in the comments, and let us know how you feel about this conversation that we're having regarding faith. So what is faith, you know, and what does the Bible say about faith? We know uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know that faith is something that is usually in the future. It is not usually a tangible thing that is in our possession at the current time, but it uses the ingredient of hope. For manifestation to happen. For example, if you're a man and you would like to own a home, you'd like to own a home for your family at some point in the game, your faith is what activates that desire. I believe one day I'm going to have one of those houses on the hill. I believe one of these days we're going to pull up in our parking lot, in our driveway with a nice car, and we're going to all just go inside our home and we're going to live happily ever after. That, that, that is 
a declaration of faith. Why is this important? Is it just a mere fantasy and, you know, it's just, you know, just us having happy talk? You know, why we consider faith as a viable tool, as it is our secret weapon as men? No. Uh, even the scripture goes forward to say, you cannot serve God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to serve God. So from the small level of just having an idea of that home, it is the same place where God meets us. One great man once said, faith connects the floor to the ceiling. It is a pillar that connects man to God. You cannot pursue purpose without understanding faith. You cannot pursue purpose without knowing who the giver of purpose is. And how we get to the giver of purpose is to first recognize that the best way to make contact is through faith. Many of us, we have never seen God. You know, I know there are, you know, people who had outer body experiences. You know, they they went to heaven, so to speak. There are people who may have died, you know, on the on the operation bed and they had an encounter. There are people who went into dreams and visions and they came into some contact with God. But for the vast majority of people, they have not seen or come into any encounter, spooky or not, that has caused them to really have that belief. They have not heard that audible voice. Adrian, I'm telling you to go this way or that way. We have not had that that experience. So for many of us, it's difficult to say, okay, uh, uh, faith is important to me because it's going to let me know God. For many of us, it's, it's gibberish. For many of us, it makes no sense. But God is saying, unless we have faith as a child, believing something that we cannot see is one of the greatest windows of opportunity to, to really know him. So what is faith? Faith is something that we hope for. It is something that we do not see. And that's how God presents himself. He does not show up audibly or visibly in our life the way how we would want to. But he uses circumstances, situations, and causes us to come into agreement or contact with those things. And that's how he manifests himself. And that's why, you know, people say in order to be a steward of God, You have to be his hands and feet in the earth. And so when God uses someone to do something kind or he uses someone to send a message or he plays an active role in your life by your teacher, by your friend, by your neighbor, he answers a prayer by sending someone with the exact same answer. Those are little signs that God exists. A lot of people, especially men, because we are accustomed to doing it on our own, we're accustomed to getting it done, 
Many of us are, hey, I'm not for that faith stuff. If I can't do it, it can't get done. I'm going to pay this car payment on my own. I, I, I just got to go to work and get it done. Of course, we recognize that. But many of us recognize also that the full dependency on ourself is just a matter of time before it fails us. And so God is so powerful. He's so amazing. That he created this thing called faith uh, to help us to recognize that we're not in this all by ourselves. And the God who created heaven and earth, we have a direct phone line. And that is in faith. Another question that I would want to ask is, why do I need faith as a man? Some of you may be asking, why do I even need this faith, you know, this this world is the real world. You know, what you see is what you get. How many times have we heard that statement? And how many times has it been true? It's more often that what you see is what you don't get. How many times have you been in a relationship with a woman and uh, she presented herself as a beautiful supermodel trophy wife type of person And it wasn't until two or three months later you recognize that she wasn't necessarily who she said she was. How many times have you bought a used car that was well-polished, well-detailed, you know, well-put-together, nice rims? And before you know it, there was a transmission problem in about a month or two. How many times have you ordered something online and they photoshopped that thing so good and when you got the product in the mail you realize this was not what I ordered. The quality is nothing compared to what I was anticipating. So what you see is is not what you get. And so that's why faith is important that you believe despite the uncertainty that exists. And this, my friend, it takes away from the level of stress and anxiety and disappointment that we experience in life. Many of us live disappointed lives and we live very skeptical lives because we have no faith. I had a friend one time, every time I called that brother, oh man, this is not working. That's not working. Every time I spoke to him on the phone, man, this is going on. Nothing ever seemed to be working for that person. And eventually I realized that this person had a very poor faith life. He had a very poor faith walk. Eventually, I had to separate from him and cut my losses. We had a lot of years together as friends in another life. But I realized that as I'm growing in my faith, I need people in my life who shares the same sentiments. And I remember praying a prayer one time. God sent me friends who are going where I'm going. And like clockwork, God sent friends who were lovers of God. They weren't perfect, but they wanted more out of life. And it so happened that eventually their faith became my faith. Faith is shared The communities that we are a part of, the groupings that we are a part of, we literally adapt the faith of those who we're connected with. And so it's so important by association 
to not be around people who lack faith. Because before you know it, your belief system is all jacked up. And so when they're going through hard times, I got to be strong for them. And when I'm going through hard times, I got to rely on their faith. And that's the beauty about faith, being able to connect with others. The more we connect with others is the more we build up our faith. And that's why having faith is so pivotal because everything in life has the tendency of going rogue or growing negative by the drop of a dime because not having the right perspective. My wife caught this from somebody and she always says it. If I change how I see things, or if I, I think it was, if I change what I see, how I see things, it will change what I see. Sometimes we're looking at life from a place of skepticism and from a place of one-sidedness. And it so happens that that's all we get. (laughs) Somebody once says, what you're looking for, you're going to get. So if you're looking for a life that engenders positivity, if you're looking for a life that engenders faithfulness and righteousness and decency, And if you're looking for a life that espouses the type of mindset that allows you to overcome your challenges, it all starts with faith. And believe it or not, there are going to be those Job situations. Being the good person is always not the way because there are going to be circumstances that you have done everything that you can do. You have done everything you could possibly do in the book to not end up bankrupt, <laughs> to not end up broke, busted, or disgusted, to, 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 to not find yourself at the back of the mountain somewhere. And you have done everything. You've you, you checked all the boxes. You went to school. You got an education. You did, you did everything they said to do. And for whatever reason, you still found yourself homeless. You still found yourself at the back of the line. There are going to be those moments. But believe it or not, the same currency that is required when you follow all the rules is the exact same currency of faith that's required. And if we read the book of Job, we realize that the the thing that stands out about Job is this guy who had everything. He was a great and right and upstanding man. He got everything. He was Bill Gates or, you know. Mark Zuckerberg or Amazon guy or Elon Musk of the time. He had everything. He had cattle. He had riches. He had property. He had servants. He had everything to his availability. And one day he loses everything. And everybody's saying, man, you ain't so righteous as you were. His wife is saying, just curse God and die. And this man is like, hold up. I may be going through all of this. I may be I may have boils on all over my body. I may be going through the worst time of my life. I may have lost all my kids. And I, I now I have my wife telling me I need to curse God and die. But there's one thing I know. If God give gives me anything, it's God who gave it to me. And so if God gives, he can take away. So my interests 
or my highest point of relevance is not in the stuff. My highest point of relevance is in my belief in God. Because the same God who gives can take away. The moral of the story is at the end of the, at the, end of the day, Job was given back double for his trouble, as the church folk would say. He was restored double time what he lost. And that was because he held on to his faith. Faith is not the silver bullet for you to cruise through life without challenges and issues. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's better to have faith and not having to put it to work than don't have faith and life goes awry and you don't have it to put to to work. So faith is important to have as a man because it keeps you sane. Why do you think we see so much suicides? Why do you think we see so much men in bars and, and, and gangs? Why do we think we see so many men in, uh, uh, incarcerated or abusing drugs the way they are or abusing alcohol? Because their faith is in the reliance of a group or a substance that makes them feel better. The aim of life of being a successful and a strong man in the 21st century is not seeking after stuff to make us feel better. Feeling better is not the solution. Being on purpose is going to be painful. And sometimes we want to feel better more than we want to pursue our purpose. So faith takes away that urge to want to feel better and to stay the, stay the course, to stand our ground, even in the hardest, most challenging times. That's why faith is important for men in the 21st century where life is so demanding. Life is so hard. Life is so challenging. We got to keep up with this. We got to keep up with that. We got subscriptions up the yin yang. You know, we got so much going on. We got so much bills and expenses and all sorts of stuff that we have to deal with. And so not having an active faith life or a growing faith life is literally a recipe for the disaster. And so when we talk about auditing our faith, this is how faith begins to cause us to be better men because now we don't have to turn to things that are going to be the detriment of us, but we can take a moment and we can look to God to get the answers. And if we have no relationship, it means that we never had the faith to have that relationship. And if we don't have that, it means we are left with just going with whatever YouTube said or whatever some guru said. And God knows how he got to where he got to. So whatever he had to do to get to where he had to go to, even though that may not be up your moral creek, all of a sudden you're following people just because they get results regardless of their your moral compass. I, I, I recognize that having faith, it puts me in a position to wait on God. Sometimes getting that car ain't the best decision right now. Sometimes getting this new opportunity or jumping into this new thing or investing this kind of money is just not the right thing to do right now. 
Sometimes we got to have faith in God to wait, wait, wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's in thy waiting that our strength is renewed. The reason why you're so you're feeling so weak and upset and anxious is because you've been doing and doing and doing. There has been a lack of freedom in your ability to wait. And so one of the greatest things that we can do is just wait. Be still and know. Because we also talk about faith being something that we believe. Another level of faith is knowing. Not only thinking that God's there, but knowing that he is there. And we are. this is loaded with a lot of scripture and God talk. Because guess what? That's what our faith constitutes. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came for our, for, 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 to save us from our sins because we're sinful beings by design. And men are at the pinnacle of the history of sin. We have waged wars. We have enslaved. We have murdered. We have had so many uh, encounters with women given seed having children all over the place, causing those children to be a part of a society that they never had proper nurture. We have participated in abuses for so many decades. And so when we talk about having faith, we got to recognize that if the world comes at us in the way they are, we can't just fight with the arms of flesh. We have to respond in faith, recognizing that we have made some mistakes, being graceful enough to know that we have not gotten it right all the time. Yes, the abuse came because of my ego. Yes, I made tough decisions and wrong decisions because I thought that I had it all figured out. Yes, I still eat and drink that and smoke that because I just want to do what I want to do. But as we continue to realize that we end up hitting rock bottom, we realize now that the the bottom and the rock is God. We end up winding back up into his presence. And that is why the belief system of faith recognizes that no matter where I turn, God is there. You can run away all day long. You can be Mr. Macho Man. This guy named Keith on our men's group, he, uh, he, said it, he said it this way. Ego, the word ego is only an acronym for edging God out. That's what, that, that's what Keith said. That thing took me to a whole different level. And that's what us men struggle with. The ego we're edging God out, but we keep on finding that it's not working. And God will keep loving us. He'll keep forgiving us. Heck, hey, we, we go into heaven. But the, 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 the pain that we will have to endure from all these scars that we keep getting from going into wars and fights that we should not have gone into in the first place, they'll continue to endure in our flesh. And so That is what causes the post-traumatic stress disorder for so many of us who have gone through some things, done so many things that we know weren't the most moral things to do because we edged out God. We edged out God 
with our own egos. The next one is, as we're closing, how can I measure the strength of my faith as a man? Well, you know, as I've grown into, uh, from a younger man to a, a, a younger man, <laughs> oh man, that, that, that's funny. Uh, you know, we don't want to claim age, you know, but uh, when I hit a certain age, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm I'm over I'm over I'm I'm all in a whole different level now. I I wish I was 20 again. Uh but how how we know we are growing in our faith is when or how do we measure our faith is when we realize that the things that used to have a certain impact on us now that we are depending more on God they don't have that effect anymore. They no longer drive us to the bar. They no longer drive us to the clubs. They no longer stress us out to the point where we just want to we just want to sniff something or smoke something. They are now causing us to be reinforced in our faith. Remember we talked about Job. This dude got everything going for him. He has a private jet. He has hundreds of thousands of acres of land. He got a bunch of money in the bank he got assets for days and all of a sudden he loses everything he loses all his children his wife starts talking smack his friends start being all holy and slowly hey man you you you've been doing something on, on underneath underneath what nobody's been knowing that's why god's punishing you and all of a sudden he's at a point in his life where he says i'm not not i'm i'm just not going to to sin against my god and talk smack. I'm going to say, hey, God, you gave it to me. You took it away. So listen, I'm not going to cause this to make me lose my character. I'm going to be reinforced in my faith. I'm going to believe. Now is when I'm going to even believe even more. And that is what faith does. When you recognize the things that you used to be so easily captivated by. Now... They're, they're, they're now mere options. And having more control over one's emotions, the Bible says it like this. A king without restraint is the worst thing. He will burn down the entire city. He's like a ship without a sail. And that is who a man is who does not have faith. He has no restraint. He has no remorse. He has no moral compass. And the more he does crazy things, it's just a testament to the level of his faith. And that brings me to the final point, which talks about faith versus religion. How many pastors or preachers or things we have heard in the news and the tabloids of preachers winding up in compromising situations of men of God finding themselves in a compromising place. People call it different things, but I call it a question of their real faith. Because if the God that we, we are proposing to serve is the same God I'm talking about, then how do we operate the way we operate in these particular circumstances? Faith versus religion is a valid conversation to have because some of us are so engaged in checking the boxes, going to church, helping Sister Patty, 
with her bags at the grocery store. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we, we go to church. We, we, we do the dance. You know, we do we are active participants in our ministries, for example. And we do all the things we pray and, you know, and, you know, we do, you know, we, we do. We say, we say the Our Father prayer, but all of a sudden it doesn't have an impact on us. It doesn't have an impact on the core of who we are. And it calls into question, is religion faith? Is faith religion? What is the difference? Are they the same? I move to confer, my brother, that faith and religion are two separate things. I believe that faith is the true source of a relationship with God. And I believe the practice of religion is the participation um, it's, the, it's more of a participation model or participation structure that causes someone to be a part of a group that reinforces their faith. But sometimes our events that happen in those spaces of faith or those spaces of religion, it overshadows our real responsibility as to who we are supposed to be Outside of the community. Sometimes we put more emphasis on the, the, the work of God versus the God of the work. And remember, we're talking about faith here. So if you're listening to this and you feel a little spooky, you feel a little worried that I'm, I'm going to smack you with the Bible. Yeah, this, this is that, that episode. We're talking about faith. And as you know, we're Bible-believing, we're Bible-based, and we're going to talk about the things regarding, you know, faith and, and, and Christianity. But if you're the guy who recognizes that it's not so funny talking about this stuff and it's okay, you get it. And that's fine, too. But sometimes we f- focus so much on the work of God than focusing on the God of the work. The God of the work is the epitome of of our faith, religion amplifies a lot of the things regarding the God of the work, but I believe it does more to sustain the work of God. And sometimes the politics of that, sometimes the the, the overbearing nature of that, sometimes the expectations of men, sometimes culture, how we worship versus how they worship, how we do versus how they do, This is supposed to be here. We're supposed to do this like that. Well, the guys in 50 years ago, they did it like, and then we find ourselves in this political movement. I beg to differ. I beg to defer from this notion that the highest order of our faith is how active we are in, 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 in the things that are surrounding our faith. Sometimes we beat around the bush instead of going in, in the bush. And I believe where the where the true Christian or the true man of faith is most strongest is embedded in his faith by being engaged more in prayer when nobody else is looking. Being engaged in the word when nobody else is around. How do we know that we're growing in our faith? How do we know that we're not religious Versus having a relationship with God that is based on true faith. Let's ask ourselves that question as we are wrapping up today. Are we spending more time in the word of God? 
Are we spending more time in prayer? Are we really building our religion or are we building our faith? Hey, man, listen, I know this was a tough one, but I recognize that we cannot move forward in our bid to be strong men, in our resolve to be leaders of our homes, getting answers doesn't always show up. We were in our men's group just this Sunday, this past Sunday. Whenever you listen to this, it really doesn't matter what Sunday it was. But we were in our men's group and we were talking specifically about how important it is to remain grounded. And remaining grounded is really an act of decision. It's not that we don't know what we're supposed to do. It's the failure to do it. And if you're listening to this and you are seeking to be a better man and growing your faith after you have now come to the point of auditing your faith and you want to get to that part in your life where you want to know God, not just the God of not not the work of God, but the God of the work. It's going to require making decisions. If you have been doing things the way you have been doing them and you have been getting a result that is undesirable, I believe that if you start to really focus more on spending time with God, you as a man, you're going to see such a change in your life. I really, really believe that when men begin to to, to, to take active steps and stop living passively, we have been masters of living a passive life because we have had it made for centuries. We have had the luxury of, of, of having women being second-class citizens. We have had the luxury for many decades for kings being the helm of governments. We have had the luxury of the richest people are usually being the men. They are usually the ones who just get to do whatever they want to do. And while everybody else has to set aside, now the world is changing. Now society didn't sign up for this. And now we're seeing where there are active forces at work to, 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 to really displace men. Whether those agendas are right or wrong, who cares? The bottom line is we cannot continue to live passively. And I know a lot of us here, we love our sports. But many of us are guilty of knowing the stats of our favorite sports players. And we don't know the stats of our own home. We don't know what our wife likes. We don't know our favorite color. We don't know our kids' interests. We're not interested to know that we're just enough, passive enough to bring food and put it on the table, you know, provide shelter, and we go to work and we fall asleep. And pretty much that's, that, that's, that's what we have become. A lot of men are guilty of that. And so we now have to take another step in Building our faith to the point where God will be able to give us greater insight in terms of how we live our life as a whole. That's how we know our faith is growing. So if you're on here, you're not yet, you know, so deep in this Christian thing. And if you're on here and you're deep in the Christian thing, but you realize there is a separation between you and your relationship with God and your faith life. This is the perfect opportunity for you to take a second look at that. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all things, all these things will be added to you. I believe that word with every fiber of my being. I believe that when we believe and seek and know God, 
he will begin to give us everything that our hearts desire. Hey, listen again. This is your brother and friend, Adrian Young with the Adrian Young Podcast. Hey, millennial man, I'm talking to you. You better be sure that you're ready for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's going to be a rough ride. And if we're not equipped for moving forward, whether you are 16 or 60, it's going to hit and it's going to hit real hard because the tides are shifting. And we believe that there is a breed of men who are rising and they are equipped to deal with the shifts that are coming. We're not backing down from our responsibilities. We're not backing up. We're not going to be bamboozled or we're not going to be bullied. And we're not going to bamboozle or bully. We are just going to say what the Lord says about us. And we recognize that as secret weapons in the earth, we have to operate in a stealthy and a strategic place. And so if you have a friend, a brother, uh, or if this is a woman listening and you got a, a husband who needs to be a part of a community, who needs to listen to content that's going to help them to build up in their faith, lead them this away. Send them this podcast. Please let me know how you feel. Rate us a five star. This helps all the platforms that people listen on to further increase our reach so that other men can hear this valuable content. Uh, Again, please understand this. You are a man and you are created with specific purpose. This society will not tell you specifically what you are for. This society would rather have you go to prison, have you be abused, or have you abuse someone else because the frustration is hitting fever pitch levels. This is the Adrian Young Podcast with your friend and host, Adrian Young. I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye for now. Hey there again, Millennial Man. Yes, I'm talking to you. In these 21st century times, it is no doubt that our greatest influences in life today came from our millennial population. To put it simply, they were the children of the internet, tech, the information age, and social media. The fact is, no matter where you are in life, whether you are 16 or 60, all these factors impact your life one way or the other. From the way we believe, nurture our friends or families, communicate, learn, do business, or even how we manage our money. Not to mention a global pandemic that has disrupted so many of our norms and has accelerated our dependence on remote living forever. It is official. Life will never be the same for us ever again. And it is time for a new breed of men to rise. This man is a 21st century man. He understands and masters the timeless rules of knowing what it means to be a real man. All these and more is compiled in my new book, Millennial Man, Standards for 21st Century Men. Let me say it again, Millennial Man, Standards for Real 21st Century Men. So go to my website now and pre-order your very own autographed copy today at www.millennialman.com adriandyoung.com www.adriandyoung.com You need to get your hands on this powerful resource. It will certainly change the way you do life as a 21st century man forever. And remember my brother, as men we grow better together.